Hello and welcome to another episode of Can't Stop the Growth. I'm your host, Chad Peterman, and today we have a very special guest with us um, to talk all things leadership and growing a successful company. I have been uh, or had the opportunity really twice over the last maybe year, year and a half to visit him out there in uh, his home base of Phoenix, although he is a yeah, transplant from the uh, from the Midwest. Uh, we like to, to shout out the Midwest whenever we can. Today, I am uh, extremely honored to uh, to have on with us Tommy Mello, the president and CEO of A One Garage Door Service, the author author of the Home Service Millionaire, and the host of what a lot of our listeners probably also listen to as well, the Home Service Expert Podcast. Welcome to the show, Tommy. Thanks again for joining us. Thanks, Chad. Excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, let's just uh, let's just dive right in. Um, I'm sure, uh, knowing some of our listeners, I'm sure they're they're fairly familiar with uh, with you and and what you do. Uh, I've, I've sent them numerous of your episodes uh, to learn something from, and uh, you were actually the the person that encouraged me, whether you knew it or didn't, to really start this because of how much you actually learn in just having conversations with with great people like yourself. So, with that, uh, tell us a little bit about uh, about yourself and what you're doing uh, and, and things of that nature. Yeah, you know, um, A1 Garage Tours now is going on 15 years, and uh, it feels like every single day it's a new company. I mean, I don't get bored. It's not, it's not getting old for me. Um, we're in the mist right now. So, so I got into the garage business in 2006. Uh, previously to that, I actually worked at a lot of restaurants. I was, you know, Midwest. I started out shoveling snow mowing lawns. And then I, I moved up to, uh, to be in a dishwasher when I was 12 <laughs> And then, but I learned a lot at a restaurant. I think hospitality, I think everybody should be in it. You know, when I have kids, I'm definitely going to make sure that they're in some type of hospitality industry to start out. But, um, you know, 15 years into this thing, it's, uh, it's a lot different. You know, I, I see a lot of these guys on these Facebook groups, they give advice. And I got to tell you, I was the same guy, um, one man in a truck. Uh, I had a partner, but, but he answered phones most of the time. So you need to really start thinking differently to grow like I want to grow. You know, my plan is uh, I'm in the midst of growing a one. I think we're budgeted to do 84 million this year. And um, that is a small number to me, actually. And I'm not trying to be whatever word you want to call it, but, but I fell short of where I wanted to be, but that's what we projected. Um, but me personally, I had different goals, <laughs> but, but my team keeps me grounded. Um, we're building a best practices group. Uh, it's a buyer's group, actually. And there's going to be three levels to it. And I'm working on some crazy, crazy things with that. Uh, it's kind of like Nextstar Network, but for garage doors only. And I got Julian helping me from Nextstar. Uh, they've got 880 HVAC plumbing electrical companies. Uh, so not only buyer's group, but but I just struck a pretty good deal with Service Titan. Um to be able to get a lot of people on service time. So that's a piece of it for the roll-up acquisition side of it. That's what that's all about is to go in together in three years and, and pull 100 to 200 companies into this. And then um, level two for me is, is grow A1 really, really, really fast. And by wrapping my own trucks, flying my guys out here to train, I just got a whole new group out here that, that flew in today. Um, LMS. 
full-time recruiters. I think that uh, the fact that we could do at Greenfield is the biggest difference because most people fail at Greenfield. I'm in 19 states. The bad news is we're going to do over 20 million in Phoenix and 84 total. So I need to grow some of these other markets, um, get them up to, I'd like to see at least five markets next year doing over 10 million. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. And uh, obviously those of you that know uh, Tommy know that all of that stuff he talked about is, is stuff that uh, is going very quickly. And I think the one thing that, that I've always taken from you and have been lucky enough to be out there at your facility to see it is a lot of those things you talked about are all about growing your own people. You know, when you, you made the comment, I have a whole new group of people out, out here. Um, I know what that means, but tell, tell the listeners what, what you're referring to as, you know, you have a whole new group of people out there and, and really the focus on developing your own talent. So I think that the, the future is going to be being able to make great employees. And there's mainly in my case, five, but one of them I categorize under one and that's technicians, but technicians are also installers. It's a little bit different group. And then I've got a product specialist. So those three, I kind of lump into one. And then we got CSRs and dispatchers. There's all kinds of other jobs we need, but those are, you know, my goal is to have a three to one ratio by, the, by next year. And that's three guys actually working, turning wrenches, um, collecting the check from the customer versus every other one employee to, for operations. So, you know, we put out ads all over the place. So what I've learned recently, something I'm really working on with a buddy of mine is how awesome social media is for recruiting and really putting it into another CRM other than service time. So, you know, the plan is to get to in September, get our class to 40. Right now we've only got 15 in this next class, but what happens is you get hired, you do a ride along. There's a form that goes with it. We do a lot, a lot of things to make sure you're the best. We try to get you into the program within 72 hours. That's drug test background check, check all your references. And then you do a ride along. The ride along form is important. And then there's about five people that have the potential to reach out to that person and make sure from the trainers to the managers. Then you've got the lead tech that does the ride along and the area manager that does the interview with the lead tech. And the plan is... Uh, you know, it's crazy to think about it, but if you get 40 to 50 guys as an apprentice, they, they get hired the next month, they fly into Phoenix. We've got two apartment complexes that hold a total of about 55 uh, rooms. And um, the plan is we've got manuals. We've got an LMS. We've got things they need to do every single day. When they come here, they don't have any spare time. We even work nights and weekends now with the guys. Uh, they get Sunday off while they're in town. So, you know, a good producer for me will do between 700 and a million dollars. And our plan is to, to get the, the 60% of the guys through the program that it could hit a million their first year. That's kind of unheard of in this industry, but that's the plan is, is it, really my life has turned into, I'm a marketer by trade and my whole being now is recruiting because marketing is easy for me. I can make the phone ring off the hook, but to get great candidates to understand the, 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 variance between 300,000 and 1.5 million and realize that's mostly just the personality you hired. It's the, 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 some guys I could train for two weeks and they will be a million dollar producer, some guys, but it's always developing. There's KPIs, there's dashboards everywhere. Um, we've got one-on-ones, we've got performance improvement plans, we've got ride-alongs and 
very rarely, if you find a will, I'll find a way. So that's what I meant is we got a whole new group in. Um, but think about this. Let's just do some math, Chad. If I do get 40 guys, 40 guys at a minimum of three jobs a day is 120 jobs I need to add. That's in one month per day. The next month, I need to add another 120 jobs that same day. So that's 240. And it, so a lot of people will go, how the hell are you going to do that? And that's why we got to expand like this way. And also this way, we're starting to get into floor coding and we're starting to get into storage, but it's, it's a big goal and this industry is right for it. So that's what I meant. I know that long answers today. No, I, I think that you bring up a, a good point and, and I'll, I'll say this and I want to get your thoughts on it. So, you know, your emphasis on recruiting, we have a very similar model. It's, it's all about recruiting, all about finding the best people. And I feel like where maybe some people go wrong is they focus on what you just explained. They focus way too much on that math equation and not enough on the variable that they're bringing into the math equation, which is the people. And if we can put more focus on the people, that variable that comes in all different shapes, sizes, just like you said, I could train a guy for two weeks, he could be a million dollar producer, but I could also train a guy for a year and a half and he may not crack 250. Um, so finding that right person who, who maybe takes that avatar of that, of that perfect person who both fits your culture and also understands the importance of, of what, you're, what you're doing to, to train them. Tell me, uh, and I think that this is kind of an important piece to, to touch on, and you can respond to that as well. Uh, I told you I was going to, and then I just continued on. You have, a, uh, you, you have all parts of your organization recruiting, not just you. Tell me a little bit about um, uh, your your internal referral program, because when you told me this, I was kind of taken back as, as um, how you do it, where, where each employee is able to refer people, not only business and jobs, but also refer uh, uh, candidates to work there. Yeah, I was just, I was doing a little bit of math that I want to bring up in a minute, but yeah, you know, the, the deal is for me is a new employee, they say, could cost anywhere from fifty dollars to $100,000 if you hire wrong, depending on how long you keep them. And we're investing quite a bit of money into these guys. We're getting twenty dollars to $25,000 just to get them trained. Um, so we decided to get $1,500, but I, I switched things up recently. I'll give you $1,500, and there's a form you fill out if you find somebody that you're going to sign off on and vouch for. I'll give you $500 if you just are out there recruiting. Um, and I, you know, these things, the reason why is, is I want to give a little bit of a weighted to the people that vouch. And the biggest thing is it's your culture. It's your, I got a morning mojo call. I got a morning, I've got three morning calls that I'm talking to all the guys all the time. And you got to beat it, beat this drum all day, every day on the Thursday morning meeting for an hour. I'm talking about recruit, 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 recruit. Who can you call? What customers can you talk to about it? And it's 1500 bucks. And that's such a small amount of money, but it, it makes them kind of move because I'm like, guys, if you give me two guys a month, you know, that's 36 grand a year. That's a lot more than some people make total. So, so I, we've got other ways to make money, but it's that important because my top producers will go find a couple more top producers. And then you've got this machine, but uh, from, from what I want for my growth, um, I needed to set something else up. And I feel like in the last two months, we've really, we started the sprint and we've understood something. I had no idea. I'm getting trained right now on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. 
and I'm getting trained. There's five softwares for each uh, social media. And there's all these trends. And I got to tell you, it might sound crazy because I'm a garage door guy, but I'm getting obsessed with social media, not in the way that most people are. I'm getting obsessed because of the results. And the average person spends, I think, 58 minutes on TikTok a day. And when you learn how to master these tools, it's, it's game over. I've never seen anything like what's happening and I'm just getting started. I'm talking, I, I could get six to 10 leads a day on employees per market at a bare minimum. And that's, TikTok's barely even started. So my goal is to get 20 a day and that's from social media. Indeed, Monster, uh, Craigslist, all those things still work. The problem is you're going to the unemployment line. You're going for somebody looking for a job. Find somebody that has a job and give them a career the best of the best interview you. You're, you're interviewing them, but they're interviewing you. And if you don't have a system to get the best people in the world that already have a job, I feel like you're going to be really stunning your growth. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you made a, a fantastic point there at the end as far as, you know, that candidate's going to be interviewing you. I've always been a big believer in that you hear all the people, and I'm sure you you hear it as well. Um, you know, there's no good people out here. There's no, you know, I can't find technicians, this, that, and the other. And I, I'm always quick to say, well, would they want to come work for you? What are you doing out there that makes you a desirable location? Maybe they'll just find you. And I think I'd like for you to speak on one, how you build the culture within uh, your home base there in Phoenix, but then also managing culture from afar. You know, you're in 19 different states. Obviously, you can't be in every state every day. How do you both manage the culture internally um, there in Phoenix and then also uh, around the uh, around the country as well at the same time? You know, I've mentioned this story on my podcast probably three times over the last couple of years. And um, there's this guy named Darren Hardy. He wrote The Compound Effect. Uh, he wrote some really good books. He wrote, uh, I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, anyways, one day he was thinking about his wife, who he wanted to marry before he got married. And he wrote down 100 things he wanted in a woman. And he wrote down all of the emotions and the love and the happiness and the, the humor and just the list of a hundred. But then he stopped and he thought about it and he said, wait a minute, who do, who do I need to become to get a woman like this? Because right now, Darren Hardy or Tommy Mello is not the right person to attract those type of that woman. So that means he had to become so much better. So he made a list of a hundred things he needed to become. And I think that goes along. If you could take that concept and apply it to work is what does my place need to be like? I need to be a good listener. I need to have an open door. I need to be a good communicator. I need to be enthusiastic. I need to be able to do fun things, build memories with these. Uh, these are my family. So list, list a lot of things and, and think about what you want your culture to look like and then say, you know, what does that look like? And, and you might say, a lot of guys say, I just don't have the money like you have, Tommy, to, to buy arcade games and big buck hunter gold team. I'm like, have you ever heard of Bisquick for pancakes? If you just show up to work one day and make some pancakes for your guys and gals, uh, that goes a long way. A pizza party of just knowing their names and their kids' names. So we're working on sending a card out every birthday, their anniversary date. Um, their anniversary date for their, their marriage, if they have one, is also here. And uh, there's never any, I have so many ideas and it continues to flow on how to make it better. 
But all I want people to do is say that we're, we're constantly improving and bettering them. That's my plan. And I think when you really talk about culture, there's a good book called Built to Last by Jim Collins. And he talks about leaderships, leadership, uh, either CEOs, uh, COOs that leave the company better off when they're gone. And Jack Welch did a great job of this is think about, is this company going to be around forever? Am I building something that's going to last? Uh, and I think about that all the time, because if you think about great companies, A1 garage door service is, uh, I don't know if it'll be able to swivel off in 25 years when robots are doing everything or there might not be garages because of the name. But I do think this company and this group of people that we build, and I, hopefully I'm still here uh, at the tail end of the career then, but hopefully we're able to swivel and build something because of the community and the people that we built. Because you're only, you know, I, I stand on the uh, shoulders of giants and the giants are my, my people and they're my coworkers is really the best way to respect them is not say they're my employees, they're my coworkers. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Tommy, I think that uh, for those of the listeners that know you, I, I think that oftentimes you can be uh, associated with very high energy, a lot of ideas, uh, a lot of things going on, but I think that you just hit the nail on the head as to why you are so successful. Um, and it's what I, I really preach and, and try to uh, try to emulate uh, as something that I've learned from you is it's all about caring. That's culture. That's leadership. It's sending those cards. It's knowing employees' names. It's the bisquick and the pancakes, regardless of if you know how to cook or any good at it or whatever it may be. It, it's the simple act of showing that you care. Um, one idea I got from a guy that I'll share with you, and you may already be doing it, but I, I think it aligns really well with the fact that you fly in a lot of a number of the trainees is I, I talked to a guy, and this just shows you can learn something from anywhere. When they send people off to Nexstar training, they send their spouse a bouquet of flowers and a card basically saying, thank you. We really appreciate you allowing your spouse to go away for training they're at the right place, so on and so forth. But I stole that idea when you were talking. I was like, oh, I'm going to share that with him. That would be uh, that would be something good for uh, for them. I imagine they're probably already doing it. But if not, you got it. You know that that's that's genius. I was just talking to my marketing team, and we built a film about a month ago, and it it sounded something like this. Hey there, Tommy Mello here. I'm the owner of A1 Garage Door Service, and I just wanted to thank you so much because. Your significant other is about to embark on the best adventure he's ever going to go through or she. And the plan is to fly him out here. They're going to be learning a career. And the coolest thing about it is I know a lot of spouses. I know a lot of people get worried about, is the money going to be good? And I promise you, if they put their effort in, and I just, the whole thing is about making the spouse feel good. And, and what I realized is, as I'm getting tons and tons and tons and tons of leads, everybody says, what's the pay like? How does the pay work? So I'm making a whole video, but I'm getting the spouses in the video because you got to sell the spouses. So the spouses are going to say, you know, I was really worried because it sounded like performance pay was a scary thing not to have a, a set paycheck. But the fact is we have dental, we have pet insurance, we have PTO, we have the coolest things. And the paychecks have never been less than $1,500 a week. And, and so the more, the more they understand that on the pay, then another thing I could tell you um, that I've, uh, that I try to do is, is if uh, we're going to start having contests like this is fly the spouse out. If you, if you're in the top 10% to spend time 
a, a three-day weekend with them. Uh, so that gives a little bit of like encouragement to try a little bit harder. But uh, but there's that piece. And then I, I also had another guy tell me on the podcast years ago. He said, we, we always ask people what they would do if they had $20. What would they spend it on? And as part of the interview questions, if you had 20 bucks, just curious, just for little hobbies and interests, would you go to a movie theater? Would you go eat ice cream with, with your girlfriend or boyfriend? And, and then what would you do if you had $100? And so the $20 gift, whatever it might be, movie tickets, bowling, they get that when they graduate. The $100 gift they get on their one-year anniversary, and it just shows that you care. And this guy won best restaurants in Toronto or best restaurant in, in, in Canada. So lots of little things you could do, but I, I agree wholeheartedly. Dave Ramsey says, here's the biggest secret he'll ever tell about hiring his employees, is he brings the significant other and the person you're hiring out to dinner. And what he's looking for is mannerisms. Does the man pull the chair out? Does he open the door for the woman? How do they, you know, there's a doctor out there that says he knows within eight minutes of people um, associate just talking with each other, they're going to stay married or not. And listen, if you've got a living hell at home, how can you come to work and be optimistic and happy? So seeing their, their interactions together is what Dave Ramsey squares by is how he hires. If they're just perfect together, that makes it that much easier. Plus, the significant others bought in. So you absolutely hit the nail on the head is this, that, that person needs to be, because when you come home and have a bad day at work, if they're like, look, I, I didn't feel good about this place in the beginning, you know, that's what they're hearing. But if they're like, no, 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 they care. I could call up Tommy. I could call Adam. I could call Brian. It's a completely different, um, different thing in that case. Yeah, absolutely. We, we, we try very hard to get the spouse, you know, any company outing or party, we, always address it to both the the employee and the spouse uh, if it if it's an employee spouse event but you know really just making sure that they see uh, the care um, you know one practice that I was taught um, a few a while back is is thank you notes and one thing that I'll never that I never do is I never just it's very easy I never write a thank you note uh, to someone on our team and just go set it on their desk while they'll appreciate it, the, the better thing that I found to do is to mail it to their house. Um, because at that point in time, you know, you're getting, while you're thinking, thanking the, um, you know, the employee for whatever it may be, you know, great day, or just, you know, just to know that they're appreciated. Um, the spouse sees that as well. And I think that hits on, on your point is you've got to get the whole family involved. If you're going to care about an employee, well, you can't just care about them at work. Um, you've got to care about the whole person uh, or else you're only going to get part of the person. But when you care about uh, them as a, as, a, as a whole person, you know, you ask them how their weekend went, how their kids are doing, how the, all of those things. When it comes to leadership, leadership is very simple. You, you have to take a genuine interest in those that you're leading. And that's when they'll follow. Not when it's, well, this guy really just cares if I can, you know, crank out this number and hit this hit this KPI and do this, well, that's only going to last so long um, and probably not a super healthy way to run a company out of basically fear that if I don't hit this, there's going to be trouble. Well, yeah, that's the worst thing in the world. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head earlier when you said nobody could find anybody. Number one, the pay hasn't been thought out enough. The pay grade is a big deal because they're not charging enough. There, there's a thing called send out cards. And I got another link that I, I kind of go through a bunch of examples of how I use it. 
and everything from how I give it to my mom. And I'll send you the link, Chad, but it's unlimited cards as long as they're called heartfelt cards. And you could set that's unlimited with unlimited postage for under a hundred bucks a month. So if you want to send out, you got employees, you want to send them three a month, you can send out 300 that includes postage. It's pretty cool. They're nice cards. So, and what helps is when you get somebody always taking pictures and things that they'll remember, you know, I was on another podcast about a year ago and the guy said, I don't give raises. I don't give bonuses anymore. He goes, what I do is I buy great things for my employees. Like if they're a runner, I get them really nice marathon shoes because every time they put those shoes on, it's amazing that they, they get a warm feeling about where they work. And, and it's interesting to me because you can find so much out about people on social media if you, if you know how to research correctly. And um, there's another good book called Blue Fishing. And uh, Steve Sims talks about figuring out what people want. And I, I recommend that book to anybody. Like I said, I'll get you the card site, but Blue Fishing is just these gifts. For example, he was in uh, Italy, I think he said, and, and he got the, this drink and it was just absolutely like the best drink ever. So he asked the bartender, do you have these in recipe forms, like some type of like coaster or napkin with the rest? He's like, yeah. He goes, I'll take 300 of them and you'll probably get 300 people come visiting you. So he wrote another letter with the recipe and said, you got to check out this restaurant in Italy if you get a minute. And these are worldwide customers of his, but it's just, one of my buddies, Chad, um, another Chad, he's always thoughtful. If he's at a store, if he's doing something, he's thinking about their kids, everything. It doesn't cost much money. It's a little knickknacks and gifts, but always just thinking, what can I do to give? And that's one thing that I want to be better at. So I surround myself with a few people that I'm trying to emulate because that's the best way to do it is put somebody around you and try to think like they think. Yeah, absolutely. I've got... So this one here is another good one uh, by Gary Chapman. It's called The Five Languages of Appreciation in the Workplace. Uh, you got it? I imagine you do. Yeah, right here. Yep. And it's got, uh, a, free, it's got a free test you can take on it. Too. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I was first introduced to it by my wife because uh, he also wrote The Five Love Languages, yep. which is obviously more geared towards your relationship with your significant other. But this one also written by him is extremely impactful because I, I think sometimes as leaders, it's very easy to get um, very easy to get sidetracked when it comes to this subject of appreciation. Uh, for the people that you work with, because, you know, everyone's given that gift and never heard thank you or, you know, hey, I really put some thought behind that and they didn't seem to like it or, or whatever it may be. And then there's also the, you know, the all company meetings where you've got this guy and you want to bring him up in front of the crowd. And, you know, what this book teaches you is that that may be the literally the worst thing you could ever do to him. Like he doesn't want to be up in front of that crowd for anything. But really understanding your people, and there again, it just goes back to to how much do you care about the uh, about the people that you're that you're serving with, for sure. This book will change your life. It just happens to be on my desk. Fifteen hundred and one ways to reward employees. Low cost and no cost ideas, best practices, latest trends. There's so many good things in this book. I got a few copies of it. I give them out here and there. And the fact is that there's so many things you could do for employees, and um, I got to tell you that one of the things that I just had been talking about in these last two weeks is hiring somebody full-time. That just as they're gathering pictures, you know, we do one big charity. When this group comes in, they're going to go on an all-day event. 
And the last time we painted the YMCA, the time before that we planted trees, the time before that we just shopped with a cop, all these different things. Once we were donating a lot to charity and I got to tell you, uh, Chad, I, I usually have two birds or three birds with one stone because it's great publicity. The guys really felt good. It's for a great cause. And I always give them a little kit to give us a link to the website because right now we're raising 25,000 bottles of water. And we got, it's so cool what we're doing because in Arizona, a lot of people die from, from dehydration. So um, there's some cool tools out there too that you could reverse engineer charities that, well, I hate to say this, but like I said, two birds with one stone is there's certain websites that just these, they're real charities. It tells you where the stuff is going to. One of the things I recommend is recommend, go into the ones that it all goes towards the cause. And then if there's a way to get media, I don't think you're doing anything wrong. It, it can't, you got to have a place in your heart of giving, but there's also taking the, the full advantage of everything that you do. And, um, yeah. you know, we give a lot to like T-ball and like if the kids, if the, the people that work here, if their kids need something, we, we got a, a monthly budget for that. So it's pretty cool. And, and, and then one, another thing I'd recommend too is, is when we're talking about this stuff is local PR in every market. Um, you might have a PR strategist, but you know, the local PR person knows all the contacts at the news. They know, you know, they just make a phone call and the news anchors are, are the, the news people are out there and um, something I'm also working on. And, you know, yeah, when we go yeah, into I a think... market, I've got a checklist of like everything we buy from, you know, they all look the same. We buy the same wall, same computers, same rugs that say uh, our core values on them, same mouse pads that say our core values. We, everything's the same. And then we, we also set up the GMB. We've got a plan to, to get our reputation really big, really fast. There's going to a new market. There's a lot of things that are on our checklist. And actually, I didn't add PR person on there, but I'm going to add that. Yeah, we uh, we signed up with a, a PR agency um, here probably about six months ago or so, and they just do an unbelievable job. We use uh, Ripley PR. Uh, I believe they're out of Tennessee, I want to say. Heather uh, is the uh, is the uh, president there, and she has industry background in the trades and stuff like that, and they just do... do I, I've never heard from internal people the amount of good praise towards a vendor. Uh, like, oh my God, they're really on top of it. Oh my God, they wrote this whole thing. They took care of this. They took care of that. Um, they've just done a really good job of keeping, more so keeping us up on top of like, like all those things you say. There's so many times when you do good deeds or help a customer out or do something like that, that, you know, it's okay to showcase that, I think. I mean, it's not like bragging. You're just bringing it to the attention of, Hey, this is who we are as a company. Um, and I think it goes to recruiting too. You, you know, it is. And one of the guys told me, he goes, think of it this way, Tommy. He said, you go out there on the news and you say, this is what we're doing and you should help us. And you should do this too. Instead of saying, look at us, you say, listen, we're trying to raise money. Come help us. And we gave blood. I dressed up like Dracula for a, we did two or three blood drives. Um, and it was really, really fun. And I got to tell you this too, understanding pay for performance deals. It's, it's a PR thing too, but I've got some companies I work with that are all performance paid. They do all the advertising and I don't pay anything unless 
unless there's an ROI. So it's that's one thing I recommend too. Um, I was going to tell you earlier that if you get a million dollar producer and you're willing to spend 10% in marketing and they run a lot of jobs, 1,200, four times 300, uh, you get $83.30 to pay per lead. You see the biggest misconception out there, and this is going back a little bit, but I really wanted to mention this. I like the number 10% a lot. I even go a little bit higher than that in a new market. But when you look at it, if you got a $500 producer, you could only spend about $41.50. $41.50. So here's my biggest problem is people go, they switch back and forth to capacity planning. I don't have the techs. I don't have the jobs. If you get top producing techs, you'll always have the jobs because you can pay where other people can't. You can pay for that branding, which is outdoor TV, radio, billboards. Those are the big three. And, uh, you know, then you start getting searches on Google for your company and your cost per click goes down and Google starts ranking better and the social media flies. And so it's a direct correlation is what people need to understand. And I'm probably going to write about this in my next book, but the more top producers you have, the higher booking agents and get them on a performance pay, the more you could pay them, but it's still less. I could pay somebody $35 an hour, or I could pay three people $15 an hour. I still save 10 bucks by paying that $35 an hour. And then I could advertise for more of those people that are 10 out of 10 rather than getting three sixes. And it's a direct correlation that if I spend the money and get great guys and train them right, and they produce over a million dollars, I can pay more per lead than anybody. And when you know that is when you can win the game every time. So people say, how do you know if you're gonna be able to afford the leads? I can afford the leads for any top producer because I can buy the leads. I know how to do it. There's so many places out there that pe people go, yeah, I don't like PPC. Uh, you're an idiot. I'm sorry. But the, the, the biggest thing is you got to bid on your own keywords. And, you know, the, the question is, do you want to do your own branded terms or do you want to do unbranded? I do both. And I think any big company does both. But, uh, you know, a lot of people say Valpac doesn't work. A lot of people say Nextdoor doesn't work or, or HomeAdvisor doesn't work. I can tell you firsthand, I've never found anything, including Craigslist, including Marketplace on Facebook, including, that doesn't work. It's dedication and it's consistency. You, you know, Chad, I had 20 garage companies here and they go, how do you sleep at night charging the prices you charge? And I got to tell you, I'm not the most expensive. And I go, you know, what's really interesting about that question is um, I have real employees, W-2. They all have paid vacation. They all get a lot of lunches, a lot of dinners from me. They all get insurance. They all get the best training. I give them $2,500 worth of tools. I take care of them. They're my family. Here's the differences. We have new computers. We have brand new trucks. We have great insurance. And I'm not making over 20% bottom line, but the difference is how do you sleep at night? Because you can't afford to get out of the truck or get out of the office all day because it doesn't run right. So to be able to delegate, have the air conditioning cold out when it's 120 in Arizona, have nice things, how do you sleep at night? And all of them were like, oh, never really thought about. Like, well, I'm kind of a slave. To, they're slaves to their businesses. And I go, I'm not, I'm not gouging customers. I'm charging the prices that it takes to run a successful business because I need to make a living. And the company still needs to make a profit. Those are the two things. People think profit of the company and my living are the same thing. Yeah, I made 150 grand last year. Well, what did the company make? I, I just told you 150. So the company made zero. Your business is worth nothing. It's a joke. It's worth zero. They don't understand arbitrage. They don't understand the valuations of a company. And they complain. They say they've been around 30 years. And I hate to tell them this, but if you don't like me, it's because I tell the truth. And I'm stating the facts that you have a big fat zero. 
until you figure out how to make money personally for yourself each year and the company makes a profit. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I think that that is the, especially in our industry, you know, in the, in the trades and in the home services is, you know, understanding uh, what scale looks like and you can't scale uh, if one, you're not charging the right price. And two, if you don't understand what you're going to, what you're, what scaling is going to result in um, and what it has to result in as it relates to you. You know, I think that's the biggest, biggest thing when I talk to, when I talk to businesses that are maybe a little bit smaller, you know, we have guys in for, for tours is, you know, Hey, I want to grow. I want to, you know, I want to be as, and I'm sure you've heard this too. I want to be like this and run this type of thing. And you guys seem to have it really going on. And it's like, my first question to them is, okay, well, are you just saying that because what it, what we have looks better than what you have? Or are you willing to change as a leader? Are you willing to change? Because you can't be, uh, and you mentioned this earlier, you can't be the same person you are today at a company that's triple the size. It won't work. Because uh, what will happen is you'll continue to hit that ceiling of where you are right now. You're, you're the leader for your organization, but it's more times than not. And I don't know what your thoughts are on this, that the, what Maxwell talks about is the, kind of that law of the lid. Uh, my company is going to grow as much as I grow as the leader. Um, it, it's when I stop growing that my company will stop or, or never start growing. You know, I do believe in that, especially for home service to a certain extent. The more, the more I've grown, the more I've removed myself in a good way. I don't need to be at every meeting. I don't believe the culture does evolve around me still, but there will be a time because of good to great are built to last because of that book by Jim Collins, because I need to delegate and have other people put them in the power of decision-making Yes, absolutely. And I, I'm a big reader. Uh, I had a guy in here. I get a phone call the other day because I decided I want to be the biggest influencer in home service uh, about three weeks ago. So I started making notes on the whiteboard of everything I was going to have to do. And um, I, it's funny. I, I'm like, I decided. It just came out of nowhere. <laughs> and uh, Tuesday afternoon. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I decided I want to be the biggest person in the space. And I'm uh, writing out all these things. And I started connecting with all these social media experts and um, how to grow your groups and stuff like that. And uh, through the grapevine, this person says, have you talked to this guy about Google GMBs? And I go, no, I know a lot about GMBs. I know a lot. I know all about how to make them rank. I know about how to get reviews. I know about citation sites. I know about custom maps. I know about, and anyway, this guy happened to be flying into Phoenix the next day and he's from England. And he sits down over here. He gives me 10 books to read. I give him 10 books to read. We're jamming. I got a printout of Local Viking. It's the tool I use to see where you rank. If you guys haven't heard of Local Viking, I recommend you get Local Viking. And long story short, he came and taught me, and, and he's getting me a proposal today. But he said, there's nine things GMBs rank on. And you're doing four of them. And he said, you're doing really well. Better than most. But when we get done, you'll spread out all over the city with your one listing because you're taking the time. And then there's also the, 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 the more of the offense approach is getting fake ones removed. And that's just taking the camera and, and, and doing Google. But, but the, the biggest thing I could tell you 
it's all we're talking about right now. And I know we jump around and I got an extra 15 minutes if you want, if you want to go past 11, but I, uh, I've been, I've been reading a lot and I'm trying to figure out the difference between millionaires and billionaires. And I think, I think I got a couple attributes that I want to share is number one is you're only as big as your network. Uh, I make a phone call. I'm always networking. I'm always meeting people. I'm always flying into new cities. I'm always reading books. I'm always, always reaching out to authors. I'm also always doing podcasting. In fact, I plan on being on 380 podcasts other than my own in the next three months. I know you're wondering how the hell you're going to do that. That's why my assistant has a crazy job to figure out my schedule. But, and that's part of the growth is how do you get the biggest home service is you got to extend outside of home service too. But, but realistically, there's two things, trust and your network. People got to trust the people that work with me, got to trust my decision-making. They got to trust that I look after them, that I'm making decisions based on the better of the whole thing, not myself. Because if you ever looked at a, a social society, uh, what happens is everybody becomes corrupt in the government and they got the biggest, best house and no one else is eating. And I just want to run this really like with their best intentions and in, in, in mind with trust, but billionaires have a network. And that's what I'm saying. This guy shows up to me that, that I, all I do is breathe Google and he's teaching me things. I never, I try to be the dumbest guy in the room. And I think that's so, so important. No matter where you think you're at in life, there's still so much more to learn. Yeah, absolutely. And I made mention of it at the very beginning of, uh, uh, of this, uh, of this podcast and your, your influence on me. Um, and I've actually mentioned it on, on a number of, of podcasts because people ask, well, why do you do that? Doesn't that take up time? Doesn't that do that? And I, I'll never forget you saying that I learned the most while doing this. And, and to me, this is a, you know, a podcast is, is really a, another platform of, of networking. Uh, it makes it a little bit easier to have a conversation with somebody and learn. I've got a whole page of notes here from you and I've talked to you multiple times and these are all new things that I've learned. The building the network, there's just always so much you can learn. You know, I gave you an idea today of a guy who probably runs a, a $4 million, you know, HVAC shop. Well, most people would say, well, why is Tommy going to listen to some guy from, you know, he's from Tennessee that, that's running? Well, because he's got a good idea and there's plenty of good ideas um, out there. Uh, it's just, are you willing to listen? Uh, are you willing to kind of lower the barrier uh, of your ego um, as a leader and as someone who's seen success in order to learn and grow and change? Um, and I think that's really the mark you know, of someone who's going to be successful, as you pointed out, you know, difference between a millionaire and a billionaire, uh, that network and that openness to learn too. You know, it's one thing to be able to call somebody, but it's another to seek them out uh, for their information um, and listen and act upon what they're, what they're talking about. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's funny because I'll buy every book I could find. Like I've got probably 40 books on recruiting. I've read most of them. I've been gone audible. And a lot of them say the same things, but there's always a little, there's a little secret in each of them. And when you add those secrets up and those hidden gems, it starts to magnify. It, it starts to literally just really make a big deal. And, you know, there's all these things out there. There's so many great things out there. You know, what I've learned recently is, is you got to put someone in charge. What we, when you're figuring out a new uh, standard operating procedure or a checklist, there's got to be someone accountable making sure that it's getting done. And there's got to be the stick, you know, the carrot and the stick. And I think the biggest thing I see with small business owners 
uh, under five million is what I'll use for this example is the, the whiteboard will come up with great things and it'll happen for two weeks and then it fizzles out. And until you figure out a way to create an SOP and it takes longer, create your standard operating procedure on one side of your whiteboard. I'm a big whiteboarder and take your time with it, but take even longer to figure out how that standard operating procedure is going to be measured and the risk and reward that you're going to give with it and how it's going to be delegated properly and who's in charge of it, the one or two people. If you got a depth chart, there's two people because that person's not there, it still needs to get done. And what you'll find is the way that you're going to keep it measured and part of the culture and part of the company for a long term is you're going to spend more time on the second half of how you're going to measure and how you're going to make it easy for yourself. And I think a lot of people miss that. I'm just, you know, just so you know, Chad, I could talk about one subject the whole time. I'm just trying to throw some bombs on this and kind of jump it around a little bit. Oh, I love it. It's awesome. Um, and uh, obviously we, we could uh, we could talk for, for a long time, but uh, obviously you'd mentioned you got some extra time. I've got a um, uh, kind of a, a tight one here coming up, but uh, obviously we can continue this uh, into the uh, end of the future. And if you're ever out uh, out in our neck of the woods, uh, you yeah, for sure. an open invite. But uh, as we wrap up here, what's one thing that you would leave the, the listeners with uh, as it relates to what you've learned about leadership? Uh, obviously, you said you'd been in uh, the garage door business for about 15 years. Obviously, probably a lot of lessons learned, a lot of things that, oh, yeah, shoot, I wish I would have done it that way or whatever it is. What, what's one thing that you could share with, with the listeners that, uh, that you think may, may make an impact on the way that they lead their organization? Um, I'm just going to spout off a couple of things. Number one, readers are leaders. And if you're not reading books all the time and meeting new people and seeking people out, you're failing yourself, your team, your company. Number two, uh, the best thing you could do, and the thing that I'm known for, and I haven't came and seen you yet, but that's going to happen here, is I'm always flying out of town to see somebody. And I'm surrounding myself with their culture, their energy, their people. And I bring an empty notebook, or sometimes I bring a notebook full of questions. And I just let it all sink in. And then I, I, then I literally go on my calendar and start planning on my meetings and how I'm going to get these things implemented. There's no BS. Hey, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Go out there, get out of your comfort zone, stay somewhere that's not close to you, that you don't have maybe your kids and, and the significant other, uh, not, not as a, a distraction, basically, and just go let it sink in. And the more you can do that, the faster you're going to grow. And I can tell you this, uh, I probably travel too much right now, but, but I think I'm giving it all I got every single day to, to become better and these, these next few hires and the last couple I've done are going to take us to a billion dollar company. Plus my goal is to get to five and a half billion, if you really want to know, but the culture though, my plan is to make everybody wealthy. Everybody's going to be a homeowner. Everybody's going to have 750 plus credit in this company. And that's, that's what I want. And you know why I want that money is not to go buy a house and all over the country and do this, this, this. I want to spoil people. I want to hang out with a lot of these people, next level stuff. I want to take 20 of my guys to Alaska and go hunting, whatever it is. It's not a selfish need that Tommy Mello needs this. It's that's what I want to do for people. I want to do what I want, when I want, with who I want. And most of those people happen to be here under the, this roof and in this company. Yeah, uh, you make some great points there. And, and the one that I want to, I want to focus on as we, as we kind of wrap up is again, uh, it, it, 
it all comes back to care. Um, you know, we, we've all been put in a position um, as leaders uh, to lift those up around us. And you said it beautifully there at the very end is, you know, you don't want to get to five and a half billion for your own personal sake. Uh, you'd run out of motivation really quickly. You'd run out of motivation far sooner than it would take to get there. However, uh, when you put uh, the, um, I don't want to call it pressure, but when you put the responsibility uh, upon your shoulders to do that for everybody else in the organization, all of a sudden some really special things start to happen because you only have so many hours in the day. However, all the people surrounding you that understand that vision, understand what that means for them, uh, understand what doing it together would, would mean for both them and their family, all of a sudden you just gained 24 hours there and 24 hours there and 24 hours there. And as you build this company with one vision, with one mission, with one care, all coming from that leader, all of a sudden your company will grow to that level. And it's not going to be because you cared about the next car or the next house that you were going to buy. That's not leadership. Uh, leadership is all about how do we inspire those around us to do more than they ever thought possible. And when you can get a group like that under one roof, amazing, amazing things can happen. Tommy, I can't thank you enough for, for joining us. Um, just a ton of stuff. I've learned a ton. Uh, I'm sure our listeners have as well. If we leave you with one thing today, listeners, the biggest thing is, is it all is about care. You have the ability to lead each and every day based on the effort that you put towards caring for those that you serve. Thanks again, Tommy. I appreciate it. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate you. Awesome. Until next time, everybody out there, keep growing and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thank you.